The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her first son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there is no place for them in the inn. Our Christmas Eve gospel continues. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you that you will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. What a, what a beautiful day and what a beautiful story we get to celebrate on this day. And I think Christmas is a day that's really so full of nostalgia in a way that we can embrace. I remember back to when I was a kid, Christmas Eve was one of my favorite days because Christmas Eve was basically Christmas for me at Grandma's house. So we go over to Grandma's house, all of the gifts that Grandma got, which was all the cool stuff, really. Uh, we got to open those on Christmas Eve. We would have this huge spread, this uh, ton of food. We would get to eat as much as we wanted. We would play as much as we wanted. And then we would end the night, maybe like you're ending the night, maybe you're still beginning yours, but we would end the night at our candlelight service. And it was a day that was so full of joy that there was peace in the family and that we got to celebrate at the end Christ. We got to celebrate the whole reason for the season, and one of my family traditions growing up is after that Christmas Eve service, we would go home, and the very last thing we would do before we went to bed was sing happy birthday to Jesus and eat cake. It was awesome. 
when I was a kid, it was easy. There were so many things that focused me on the peace and the joy that Christmas brings. So many things that focused me on the child, Christ, who comes to bring that peace and joy. And even though there were plenty of distractions, my gifts were distractions, the tree was distractions, the food could have been distractions, at the end of the night, we pulled it all together, and there was a reminder of the reason for the season. But when I became an adult, it became a little bit more complicated. I remember that first Christmas that I left home. I stayed home to open gifts with my parents, and my brother had moved out. This was his second Christmas out of the house. His, he was an older brother. I stayed home to open gifts. We went to church. We came home. We ate lunch, and then I left. I went to go open gifts with my fiance. It was about a two-hour drive away, and I don't think I'll ever forget the disappointment on my parents' faces when I left that day. And I know in my head that this is about the peace and joy that Jesus brings on Christmas. It's not about the obligations. It's not about making everybody happy. It's not, it's not even first and foremost about families coming together. It's first about the peace and the joy that Jesus brings on Christmas Day. But that first Christmas away from home, I still remember that when my head hit the pillow, what was on my heart and my mind was the obligation to be everywhere and the guilt I felt for not being able to do it. And I think that gives us a little glimpse of what this holiday might become for some of us. It can be nostalgic, sure, but what Christmas is often full of, what this Christmas season is often so full of, is even more of what we spend all year pursuing. I think Christmas is usually full of busyness. We are busy, busy people. We live most of our lives just kind of being pulled from one obligation to another. And in Christmas, it's highlighted because we have obligation to our family members. Like we're going to make up all of those times that we missed leading up to this moment at the end of the year. We have obligations even to our culture as we hear and complain more and more every year about how commercialized Christmas can be. We, we focus on the lights, we focus on the tree, we focus on the gifts. And so many of these things pull our attention away from what we really know Christmas is supposed to be about. It's supposed to be about peace and joy, but as we get closer to the holiday, it seems like peace and joy have never been farther away. I'm going to ask you to do something a little bit different this morning. As we are gathered here, I want to ask you to actually have this conversation. Think about your life. Think about those distractions. And take a moment to share them out loud with the people that you came with. If you came by yourself, that's fine. Just attach yourself to a group next to you. We're going to discuss this together. In this Christmas season, what is it? that distracts you from the Christmas story. Take a minute to talk about that. When you see me walk back up here, you'll know that it's time to stop. So take a minute to talk about that. Yeah. So what do you think? What is it that distracts you from the Christmas story? Uh, the to-do to list. The to-do list, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Making sure to get everything done. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's the way to do it. Right way, the wrong way, and get Right. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> there is a lot. There is a lot of stuff in our lives that can pull us away from the Christmas story. And, and as we think about maybe the obligations or the way that our culture has, has blown this into a merchandise holiday, it's easy for us to shift the blame to somebody else. But I think what's a little bit more difficult and maybe a little bit more honest is to recognize that if I am distracted from the Christmas story during the Christmas season, it's not the fault of the distractions, it's my fault. Because I let my eyes wander away from the beauty of a little baby boy who came to bring me peace and joy. You see, all of this busyness, all of the distraction are symptoms of the fact that we have a hole in our heart that only God can fill. They're symptoms of the fact that we are actually, we're not at peace with God. We haven't been at peace with God since the garden, since the first human beings fell into sin. We are at conflict with God, and that conflict with God makes us feel that little bit of emptiness, that little bit of being out of place, and we so easily can distract ourselves from that feeling by filling our schedule, by filling our lives so that we're pulled from one obligation to the other. But on Christmas, we have a moment to reflect and a moment to recognize. And whatever it was that distracted you this Christmas season, God brought you here to focus on the story. And in that story, we see a God who brings us peace and joy. And in that story, the amazing thing about the Christmas story to me is that Luke chapter 2 doesn't start out with saying how amazing it is that God is becoming a human being. It's actually a story about people going to pay their taxes. Because Mary and Joseph were also living very, very busy lives. They had plenty of obligations, and they even knew because the angels had told both of them, this child is different. You're having a child that will be special. He will be the son of God. He will be the king the king who you don't have to pay taxes to. This Jesus is going to be different. And yet, what do we see Mary and Joseph doing in Luke chapter 2? We don't see them getting the nursery ready. We don't see them grabbing the midwife and going over the birth plan. We see them taking an 80-mile journey to go pay taxes to a foreign king. And it was all a part of God's plan. As Joseph goes to be registered, he's registered for the census so he can pay his taxes. And as this story unfolds, we don't know if Mary and Joseph had a donkey. You assume that if they didn't, they would have rented one because who knows how pregnant she was. But she had to make that 80-mile journey on a donkey or walking. By the time she got to Bethlehem, 
You want to talk about busyness. Her feet were probably swelled up like balloons. She was nine months pregnant. They were going to the town. They were trying to find a place to stay, maybe at Uncle Levi's house. The guest room was full, and so they ended up on the side to the stable. And as they're in the stable, maybe even before that, Mary goes into labor. This is a busy time. They've got to figure out how to find the midwife in Bethlehem and get her there on time, deliver this baby, and have a safe delivery But then in verse 6, all of the busyness just kind of stops. It hits a wall. Why? Because Jesus is born. And while the background of the story is about what's going on in the world, when Jesus shows up, we get to zoom in on this moment of time. And Mary gets to treasure this moment as she lays baby Jesus in the manger. And they remember that the taxes, they don't really matter. That the obligations, that the, the places they're pulled and pulled from one to another, they don't matter as much as this baby boy matters. Because he's coming to change the world. He's coming to bring peace to people. And while Mary and Joseph are there in the stable, the angel announces the same to the shepherds. And these words of the angel are so important, they are so valuable that we don't miss what the words of the angel, what what the angels actually say. So let's put those up there on the screen, verses 10 and 11. And the angel said to them, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Because the shepherds knew it too. They knew the busyness. They knew the obligations. They, they were the people who were working on Christmas Day. They were out there in the fields watching the sheep. And if the sheep, if they had left watching the sheep, the sheep would have nobody to watch them. But they recognized this angel's words. That this angel is promising them a savior. Somebody who will fill the hole that is in their hearts. Somebody who will rescue them from the busyness of their lives. A savior who is Christ. And that word Christ means he will be king. He will be the king that won't charge you taxes because he has everything he needs. Christ the Lord. The Lord who is the God who created this world. Who made it to be perfect. Who made human beings to be in perfect relationship at peace with him. And he was going to do it again to make humans at peace with him and to bring them joy. This is the message of the angels to a busy, busy people like the shepherds. And what do the shepherds do? They drop everything and go see the child. They go search for the child. The sheep will be okay. This is something God doesn't do every day. And so they go to see what God has done. And as they're going, the angels show up in a huge multitude. And I can't imagine how terrifying this is. The word host means army, right? The angel armies show up. And this is like a war chant. And this is what they say here in verse 14. They're singing glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. See, this was the conflict that has happened since human beings fell into sin. We were not at peace with God. So what does God do? 
God becomes a man. He becomes a human being, and not just any human being, a fragile little infant. God becomes a man as the ambassador to the human race to bring peace. And in the person of Jesus, as he is born into this world, he unites God and man. That's the Christmas story. That's the beauty of a God who brings peace. And that ultimately brings joy to us forever. Jesus would go in the rest of his life. He would do miracles to prove that he was God. He would do miracles that would put the world right again. He would go to the cross to die a price for our sins. He would rise from the dead to conquer death. Jesus would ascend into heaven where he is still reigning over the world even now. But let's focus for a minute on the manger, on the little baby boy that God uses to bring peace and joy to you forever. And how do they respond? Well, this is how Mary responds. She treasures these things, pondering them in her heart. She treasures them. She lets the busyness stop and sits there in the stable to take it in. As shepherds come and declare what they have heard, as the wise men eventually will show up, not today, but that comes next week, All of these things, Mary ponders in her heart. Treasuring these things so that she could remember this moment, so that she wouldn't be pulled from one obligation to the other for the rest of her life, but so that she would focus and find her identity, not in how well she lives up to the expectations, but she would find her identity in this child who changes the world. And what do the shepherds do? The shepherds saw the angels. They know the story. They return glorifying God. Because for Mary, life would never be the same as long as Jesus was in it. And for the shepherds, I imagine watching sheep is definitely never going to be the same after you saw the angel army show up in the sky. You would remember that for the rest of your life. And they would tell the story for the rest of their life too. The peace and the joy that Jesus brings crosses centuries to come to you. That little baby boy is still living to bring peace and joy to you. God and man are still together in Jesus. And even in this busy, busy life, as we're pulled from one thing to another, your worth, It's not the sum of how well you live up to the obligations or expectations. Your worth is offered to you for free by believing in this child, by believing in his life. Your worth is perfection before God because Jesus earns that and gives it to you. This is... This is the Christmas story. This is the reason for the season so that our lives and our busyness we can find time to stop and treasure these things in our heart, in our hearts also. As we go, I'm going to ask you to actually talk with your family again in a moment. I'm going to ask this question, how 
will you treasure this story in your heart? Not just this Christmas season, but how will you treasure this story in your heart today and moving forward? Now, one of the things I want to be wary of is I don't want you to come here and be laid with more obligation and guilt because the whole point is that Jesus comes to bring peace and joy. He comes to unburden you from the guilt. He comes to rescue you from the obligation and give you an identity and a purpose in life. But as we are rescued from that, it is our joy to be able to treasure these things in our hearts. So here are a few ways you might do it. You might spend some time remembering your baptism. Remember that at your baptism, you weren't the sum of your obligations, but you were actually called a child of God. So you might cross yourself when you get up in the morning or when you see water or touch it or taste it and say in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You might have a conversation with your family that asks, well, are we like the shepherds who drop everything to go see Jesus? Or are we still out in the fields watching the sheep? You might spend some time coming to worship if you haven't already, either in this place or in another place, to be a part of the story consistently. I think sometimes we think, well, I can be a Christian without coming to worship, and that's true. I, um, I have been a Cavs fan since I was a little kid. Cleveland Cavaliers were always my team. As I was growing up, I would go to the games occasionally. I'd watch every game. I'd carry a schedule in my pocket. I could tell you all of the games and the players and their stats. But then I moved away. And the games aren't on TV because the Cleveland Cavaliers aren't that good. (laughs) Although I still consider myself a a Cavs fan, I am completely out of touch with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They could lose tomorrow, and I probably wouldn't even know about it. I don't know if they're playing tomorrow, I'll be honest. Coming to worship is an opportunity for us to be a part of the story. It's an opportunity for us to focus and treasure this faith. It's an opportunity for us to continue to gather together and live that out. So that we wouldn't just be spectators who are kind of associated with the team. But so that we would actually be a part of the team on the very sidelines of God living as a part of his story. Or start or end your day with a reflection on scripture. Because the truth is, when you leave here today, you will leave here and you will go back to busy lives. You might get a break on Christmas where you have an opportunity to kind of really focus and treasure Jesus. But as December 26th is right around the corner, you could be pulled into new obligations and new busyness. But framing your day with time in God's word, framing your day with prayer, you can carry carry this story with you into the busyness of your life. Those are just a couple of things. And again, I am not trying to load you with obligations and guilt, but I'm trying to invite you into a story where you can treasure Christ in your heart and where you can live a life where that little hole in your heart that has been wanting God to fill it for your entire life, well, you see Jesus filling that little hole in your heart more and more because Jesus is the one who brings peace and joy. So now that you've had some time to think about it, I'm going to have you talk in your same groups. 
How will you treasure this story in your heart? Go. This Christmas season, this Christmas season, you all came here to see Jesus, and he has come. Jesus is in this room. His presence is with us because he has come a couple centuries ago as a little baby boy to bring you peace and joy. Don't leave here today with obligation and guilt. Leave here today knowing that Jesus has brought you peace and joy. And now may this peace, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.